We began a few weeks ago talking on this whole aspect of life swap out of the book of Ruth. So if you turn to the eighth book of the Bible, we're going to get there in just a few minutes. We've been talking about how that you have the opportunity to really swap your life, whatever's happening in your life, whatever's taking place day in and day out, that you really can make a difference in your life. The first week we talked about that it's an inside job. In other words, you have to determine what you want out of life. What is it that I want out of my family? What is it that I want in my relationship with God? What do I want even in my business uh, world? How, how do I find myself in there? The second week we talked about doing whatever it takes. That it's not enough just to have an idea or a thought, but that you've got to get involved in the process. And then last week we talked about achieving the impossible. That here's the deal that we need to understand that your history does not determine your destiny that whatever happened yesterday does not keep you from fulfilling what God has for you for your future so if you get ready we're going to go into the book of Ruth in just a moment but before I do that let me greet our campuses wow my name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries, and I am excited that you're with us today. We're glad you're here. We're glad that you're participating in what God is doing at different locations, and I believe today that God wants to reveal himself to you, so let's get ready to hear what the Word of God is going to say today. Now, l let me just talk to you. We're, we're going to talk today. We've talked about different things, but today I'm going to talk to you about the whole aspect of favor. We used to talk a lot about favor around here. In fact, we had a term for it. We, we used to say that the fog is rolling in. Fog means the favor of God. How many of you would like to have some fog in your life, right? I want favor. I want God's favor in my life. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today out of the fourth chapter of the book of Ruth as we kind of pursue this. Well, let me tell you a story real quickly. In 1994, a, a little baby was born uh, to an 18-year-old unwed mother. It was not a good circumstance. In fact, she would struggle the rest of her years as she tried to raise this young boy. And, and uh, she worked a, a lot of menial-type jobs. She lived in low-income housing. Everything about this situation really seemed messed up. This was a girl who had been around the church. She had been around the things of God, but she had gotten away from God. But this occasion made her come back to her reality of what she needed in her life. And so within a few weeks, she took this young boy, this young baby that had been born into her life, she took him to church, and she had the elders to dedicate this baby to God. Years went by, and, and seemingly life was still a struggle, and life was still tough. But all of a sudden, there was a man named Scott Braun, who most of us have never heard his name and don't know who he is, but Scott Braun one day was, was just kind of uh, going through YouTube looking at different things. And all of a sudden, Scott Braun saw this young boy now, 13 years of age, on YouTube. The whole story goes this way, is that within a short time, he gets in touch with this woman who talks to him about her, or talks to him about her son, who then he takes her son to Atlanta, and in the process, her son meets a guy named Usher. Now, some of you are already ahead of the story. The man's name, or the young boy's name, was Justin Bieber. How many of you have heard the name Justin Bieber? 
I mean, you have to live in a cave if you haven't heard the name Justin Bieber, right? And yet most of us don't understand that it was because of a guy named Scott Braun, who is a Jewish guy. In fact, when he called and contacted Justin Bieber's mom, Justin Bieber's mom said this. She said, I went to God and said, God, I have dedicated this boy to you. I have given him to you from the time that he was a child. Why would you not send a Christian? Why would you send a Jewish man into his life to lead him in in the furtherance of what you have for him? And she felt like after prayer and after discussion with her elders, she said, I felt a sense of peace about what God had for his future. Now, I want to tell you, there are a lot of people, especially in my estimation, there are a lot of people who can sing a lot better than Justin Bieber. Don't don't get mad at me, all the tweens, all right? But, but here's what I know is, is that it took a man named Scott Braun who had favor, who had a connection to another guy named Usher who had favor, who all of a sudden plucked a 13-year-old out of obscurity in Canada and launched him into where he is now a household name. In fact, I just went through the mall this last week, and he's got his own cologne. All right? And, and so when, when you begin to understand what favor is about, we're going to talk today about the power of favor. Now, now let, me, let me give you a definition of favor. Favor is the special affection of God towards you, all right? Favor is, a, is the special affection of God toward you that releases an influence on you so that others are inclined to like you. Now, let me, let me say that again because it's, it's kind of a long definition, but I want you to get it. Favor is a special effect, affection of God on you or towards you that releases an influence on you so that others are inclined to like you or to cooperate with you. See, what, what we've got to come to an understanding of today is that favor comes into our life because someone else sees something about us and they determine to do favor for us. I believe that the instigator of favor is God. I believe God is the one who brings favor into our life, and then you you move from that. Favor really is, if we want to kind of break it down, favor is just goodwill. It's acceptance. It's benefits that come into our life. Really, here's what favor is. Favor is preferential treatment. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you like to get treated special? Right? Come on. I mean, I, I, li- I like it when I get ushered to the front of the line. Whatever that line, I don't care what the line is. It can be lying for the bathroom. <laughs> you know, just usher me to the front. Uh, right? I mean, I, mean, I, I like it when, when, when things are, are, are beneficial and, and done, and I go, I didn't, didn't do anything for that, but it's done for me. I, I think all of us kind of feel that. We, we have this understanding of preferential treatment. Our problem is, is that we get so messed up because we don't feel like that, that somebody else deserves it. So we see somebody getting favor. And we go, well, I can't believe. And, and here's what we say. We're kind of like our kids. Have, have you ever corrected your kids and they look at you and they go, it's not fair? I guess you have, all right? Right? And, and we're kind of that way even as adults, and, and especially even in, in the kingdom of God. We look at people that get promoted. We look at things that happen in people's lives. And we go, well, that's just not fair. Let me help you. Favor's not fair. 
Just because there's favor on somebody doesn't mean they deserved it. Doesn't, it just means that they figured out a few things, they got in the right place at the right time, and things changed. Here's what I found out about favor. Favor can turn tragedy into triumph in a moment. The, the, you can go, as Joseph did, from the prison to the palace in one day. All it takes is the favor of the king to come upon you, and you, you move into a place that you've never been before. And so today, I, I want us to look at this whole aspect. Out of the book of Ruth, I want us to see how, how favor operates in our lives, what it brings to us, and then I want to show you how to get favor. How many of you would like to know how to get favor, right? We, we, we want to be able, Lord, I, I'd like some favor, and I'd like it, you know, and in, in, uh, pushed down, shaken together, and running over right so let's look in the sixth verse if you would and and let's read it says now let me set this up before i read it the, the whole process here is that a, a woman named ruth has moved to a new country with her mother-in-law they are destitute they are broke they are busted i mean it's messed up life and and she's been going out every day to a field to just pick up what the gleaners have left over so she can make enough bread so they can eat and not starve to death and in that society, there was a thing called a near kinsman redeemer. Now, don't get caught up in that, but just follow me. It was a, called a near kinsman redeemer. And that meant if you were kin to somebody and he died, then as the person that was the closest kin to them, then you were responsible for taking care of his widow. And even if you were not married, you were supposed to marry her. Now, this scripture is kind of the setting there that Ruth has found a kinsman redeemer named Boaz, but as the story develops, there's a guy who's the closer. It's like he's, can I, if I can do this, he's like a third or fourth cousin, but there's somebody who's closer uh, to, to Naomi in the lineage, and so now Boaz has gone to this guy to talk to him. It says, and the close relative said, I cannot redeem it. He's talking about the land. I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin in my own inheritance you redeem he's talking to Boaz you redeem my right of redemption for yourself for I cannot redeem it now let me tell you something number one about favor favor is an exception to the rule favor is an exception to the rule all right you say what do you mean well in this story the rule was this guy should have brought her under his covering but God had a different plan God had something greater that he wanted to do, and so this whole process there of what the law said is set aside because now favor comes in, and it goes against what the rule is. Listen, there may be a process where you work of how you go through all the stuff to get promoted and whatever, but if favor shows up in your life, you can go from being the low person on the totem pole to being the top in a matter of moments, and as you move through the favor of God that comes on your life. So he, here's our problem. Our problem is, is that we constantly talk about it's not fair. We constantly focus on why it doesn't happen for us. Instead of waking up in the morning and saying, you know what? I'm just believing that God's going to do something good for me today. The Jewish rabbis teach that if you see God blessing someone else, that you need to thank God for that blessing. Now, 
Why do they do that? They teach that because their concept is this. If God will do that for them, then God will also do that for me, but I've got to get myself in a place of thankfulness so I can receive what God wants to do for me. Have you ever met people that it's always, somebody's always against them? The system's against them. The government's against them. The president's against them. I mean, everybody, and, and all they can talk about is what is against them. Listen, I can tell you a secret. Everybody can be against you, but if the right person is for you, it doesn't matter. And the Bible tells you the right person is for you. It said, if God is for you, who can be against you? See, you, you've already got the great I am on your side. The one who rules in the heavenlies has already determined he wants to bless you. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans for success, and plans for a future. That's what God wants. Now, you ought to get excited about that. God wants to bring that into your life. And, and so we have to come to that place of understanding is that favor is an exception to the rule. But look in verse 9. It says, and the close relative is this same guy again. I cannot redeem it for myself lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself for I cannot redeem it. Here's the second thing about favor. Favor can bring you out of a dire circumstance. You, you can be in the worst place. You can have all kind of negative things happening around you, but in a moment, favor can promote you. Amen. I got so much trouble. You know, you start singing the blues. B.B. King don't have nothing on you. I mean, you know, it's, it's complain, it's, man, I don't know. Listen, fa I, I, listen. The, the Word of God lets us know that she was in a horrible place. I, I want to tell you, that, that's what happened to all of us when we got saved. Favor showed up in a horrible place. The, the Bible says that he plucked us out of the miry clay. And he set our feet on a rock to stay. The, the Word of God lets us know that you... There's a lot of us who, who kind of feel like, we, we think we're John the Baptist. We kind of feel like we were born with the Holy Spirit from our mother's womb. It's like, oh, I've, I've always been saved. No, you haven't. Well, things have always, you, you may have had the greatest home. You may have gone to church all your life, but you were still a sinner. You still deserve punishment. You still deserve the judgment of God, but favor showed up and said, even if they're dirty, even if they're messed up. Now, see, some of you got that. Some of you understand what it's like to be a mess. I mean, you just showed up one day and went, Jesus, help me. And he did. But, but some of you, you, you just, you've forgotten how bad you were. So I'm here to remind you. Not really. But, but I'm here to help you today to understand that Jesus is, he, he just showed up and he said, I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm going to lift you. And you, you came to him and said, God, I need help. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. And he said, because you've admitted that, now I can help you. Now I can save you. Now I can take you where you need to be. And he can get you out of that place. So favor lifts you out of a horrible circumstance and gets you into the place that God wants you to be. Look in verse 10. Verse 10 says, Moreover, Ruth the Moab.
Moabitess, the widow of Malhan, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day. Now let me tell you about favor. Favor is an attitude of goodness towards you. Don't miss it. Favor is an attitude of goodness toward you. We, we, we have a misconception of God. We think that God is just waiting on us to mess up. We have this idea. We've, we've been preached for so long about the judgment of God, and I believe in the judgment of God. But we've been, and see, you even have to say that as a preacher or you get in trouble. You know, so I say, I believe in the judgment of God, and that, that kind of sets all the religious people at ease. Instead of just being able to talk about grace. Because His grace, His mercy, His favor, His love shows up in our life. And He says, you know what? I want to bless you. I want to do good to you. The Scripture says, goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm just going to look around and there's goodness and over here is mercy and they're just following along behind me. Wherever I go, there they are. Now that's what God's called us to. God has said, you know what, I want you to understand. I want to bless you. I want to do good things to you. I want to put favor upon your life. So favor is goodness coming into my life and God doing things for me that everybody around me looks and goes, how does that happen? Why do they get that? Why why did they receive that? Why does it seem like they're always getting blessed? It's because the favor of God has shown up in their life. Look in the 13th verse. It says, so Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Here's the fourth thing about favor. Favor can produce in one day what a lifetime of labor cannot. In one day, God moved her from being a woman who came from the wrong country, who lived on the wrong side of the tracks, who didn't have the right education, who didn't have the right anything, to all of a sudden God moves her into a place that she is now taken care of by one of the wealthiest men of the area. She becomes his wife, and not only does she become his wife, she also bears him a son, and that son winds up in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Now I want to tell you that is favor. That's moving from over here where everybody says, man, that's a messed up situation. That's never going to work. It's never going to be fruitful. There's never going to be anything good till all of a sudden favor shows up and moves you into a place that everybody just steps back and they go, we don't know what happened, but in a moment God did something on their behalf. Now that's what we've got to come to a place of expecting. We need to daily expect the favor of God. God wants to do good things for us. A lot of us grew up in churches where they had a saying, and that saying was this, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. All right? In the congregation, we repeat, the pastor goes, God is good, and all the time, God is good, and all the time. Right? Come on, some of you know I could go somewhere, but I won't, all right? I'll start doing the huzz here in a minute. Uh, 
but, but we, we said it. We, we repeated it back. We, but we didn't believe it. We believed that God was good some of the time, that every once in a while he was good. But the Word of God says that he's good all the time. Every day, every moment, every time you get up, you ought to be expecting the favor of God to come into your life so that you can receive everything that God has for you. And you say, well, Pastor, how do I get there? How do I put myself in a place of receiving favor? Now, let me explain to you. Favor and grace are kissing cousins, but they're not the same. Grace comes without anything you've done. The Word of God tells us that you're saved through grace, by faith. It's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. That's grace. Favor is different than grace. Favor shows up in your life because you have positioned yourself to receive it. Now, the reason that somebody else may seem like they're getting more grace is because we don't understand the difference in grace and favor. Favor is because somebody has done something. I'm going to give you three things in a minute that you do to move yourself into favor. But favor comes into your life because you are participating in the process. Grace comes and we just receive it. Favor comes because I have aligned myself into a position where I can receive what God has. Number one is favor comes through obedience. Favor comes through obedience. Let, let, me, let me ask a question. Those of you who have people who work under you or you own your own business, who do you want to promote? The person who shows up on time, who does what they need to do, who, who goes the extra mile, who does, or the person who always comes sliding in at the last moment, they're always complaining about everything that's going on. Well, I'm not getting much witness in here. And, and, and they're, they're always, whatever you tell them to do, they always got something better to say about it. I, I mean, it, can, can I just confess for a minute? No, I need more than that. All right, thank you. Uh, I, I'll, I'll get through preaching sometimes. I, you know, you work for weeks and months preparing sermon series, putting everything together, and, and you'll get up here and, and you'll preach, and pardon what I'm going to say here, you'll preach your guts out. And, and you walk off the stage, and somebody will walk up to you, and they'll go, well, if you had just said this. Really? If you just see this. Now, that's not a Jesus moment right then, all right? But it's kind of like, really? When did you prepare the last sermon? Are you, you, see, the, watch this. Favor comes through obedience. Ruth, read her story. It's a short book, four chapters. The book of Ruth tells us every time Naomi would tell her something, she would do it. Naomi said, you know what? Go only to the field of Boaz because the ladies there are good and you're going to be taken care of. You don't have to worry about the, the workers. And so she goes to Boaz and that's the only place she goes. Uh, she shows up and her mother-in-law looks at her and says, here's what you need to do. I, I want to get you married off. And so here's what we're going to do. And I cannot get in as much trouble as I did last week on this. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a bath. I want you to put some cologne on. I want you to fix up really good. I want you to put that dress on that he'll go, wow. And show up. And guess what? She did. And Boaz goes, wow, who are you? 
I mean, he's seen her every day for the last how many weeks, and all of a sudden she shows up all fixed up. He goes, I don't even know who you are. See, she was willing to be obedient. She was willing to do what she was told to do. So favor comes through obedience. If you want favor in your business or in your family or in your walk with God, then you need to be, the Word of God tells us, we need to be obedient. It says that obedience is better than sacrifice. In other words, I don't need to come with some great sacrifice to God. God just says, listen, I want you just to obey me. Because if you obey me, then I can put my favor on you. Secondly, favor is your reward for solving a problem. I'll slow way down. See, we live in a society that takes everything for granted. And we believe, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. We believe that the world owes us. Well, they ought to take care of me. Why they all take care of you? Well, just because. No. Well, I, I can't believe. We got this whole class warfare that's been going on the last 12, 15, 20 years in America, and everybody's against the rich, and everybody's feeling good for the poor. Can, can I tell you out of Scripture? You want me to share with you out of Scripture how God looks at that? Go read the story of the talents. He gives one five. He gives one two. He gives one one comes back down the road the guy who had five got ten the guy who had two got four the guy who had one went and hit it brought it back and the and the lord doesn't go to the guy who got ten and said give me half of yours well i can't believe anybody make 25 or 30 dollars an hour maybe they're solving 25 and 30 dollar an hour problems I'd make a good candidate for something right now. <laughs> what, is, what does God do in that story? He says to the one who didn't do anything with the one he got, he said, take it away from him and give it to the one who's got the most. Now, even if we were going to take it away from the low guy down there, we would have at least given it to the guy who only had four. Why, it's fair. God's not in the fairness. God's in the justice. Ooh, I can tell this, this is going to sell like hotcakes. <laughs> They'll be lined up out there to buy this one. You, you want favor in your life? Favor is a reward for you solving problems. If you will begin to solve problems, favor will come in your life. You, you will begin to see it. Let, let me give you the third one. Favor has to begin as a seed before it becomes a harvest. Only in fairy tales do you plant one night and have a giant tree the next night. Only, you know, Jack and the beanstalk throws the beans out the window and the next day you climb into the heavens. It doesn't happen that way in the natural. You have to sow seeds everywhere you can. Because, get this today, you don't know who it is in your life that God is going to use to bring favor to you. When Ruth first went to Boaz's field just to scoop up enough grain to buy time so she and her mother-in-law could eat and not die, she had no clue that God was going to use Boaz to in a moment 
transform her life. It happens all the time. We think it's not fair. It happens all the time. I've talked about it, but I'm going to talk about it again. The guy that's named Dr. Phil that we all know became the household name because a woman named Oprah had favor on him. And in that moment of having favor, now get this, you go back and look at it, he did some things, he positioned himself, he got there, all that. But in that moment, he was taken from pretty much obscurity to where he became a household name. Justin Bieber was a 13-year-old kid on YouTube. Nobody was showing up screaming and throwing $100 bills. But a guy said, I'll have favor. What would happen in your life if you got yourself into a position where God could use someone to bring favor into your life? See, our deal is this, and let me, let me get it to you. Our deal is we're wanting God to do it. And God says, I don't do that. I use somebody to do that. Can I, can I prove it to you? Here's what the Bible says. Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and what? running over shall God now we got some Bible scholars it doesn't say shall God give unto you it says this whole shaking together and running over process is going to happen as men people give back to you why because God moves on someone in your life to have favor on you and in a moment God takes you from a place of obscurity and puts you in a place of promotion lifetime is spent trying to get places that only favor can take you if I just do this if I just work or if I just do this in a moment Ruth went from being the nobody on the outskirts of the field to being in the mansion with the husband and the baby and the servants taking care of everything. Just like that, because of favor. What is it that God wants to do in your life? But you have kept him at arm's length because you did not understand that he wanted to do good things for you. And that if you would just relax and quit believing that your Father in heaven is just sitting up there waiting on you to mess up so he can drop you into hell, instead of understanding that he is a good God and he desires to give good gifts to his children. And all of a sudden, we start living life with a different mentality. We start believing for the goodness and the mercy of God to follow us all the days of our life. Now, that's what I want for you. That's what I desire for your life, is that you move into that place where the favor of God, where you get up every morning and say, man, I see fog everywhere. 
the favor of God is upon me. It's upon my life, and I'm going to receive it.